Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Delora. How's it going, girl? It's going fantastic. Because we're recapping one of my favorite movies of 2021. (laughs) How about you? How are you? Of 2022? Or did this drop in 2021? Look, I'm forgetting already. It dropped in 2021. Wow. Where does the time go, guys? Yes. Love it. Let's talk about Bruno. (laughs) (laughs) Encanto. Disney's Encanto came out November 24th, 2021 in theaters and became available streaming December 24th, 2021, which was definitely a Christmas gift for my household. It's an hour and 39 minutes and the box office, it made $95.4 million. So here's a quick summary. The Madrigals are an extraordinary family who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in a chanted place called the Encanto. The magic of Encanto has blessed every child in the family with a unique gift. Every child except Maribel. However, she soon may be the Madrigals' last hope when she discovers that the magic surrounding the Encanto is now in danger. Ashley, they have a wonderful cast. The lead, Stephanie Beatrice as Maribel. We have Maria Cecilia Botero as Abuela. She's Colombian royalty, and she's also worked with Lin-Manuel in the past. We have Diana Guerrero as Isabel, <laughs> Isabella, Angie Sipida as Julieta Madrigal, John Laguazamo as Bruno, <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Dorero as Luisa, Wilmer Valderrama as Augustine, even though he's a Madrigal, which is interesting. Because the husbands all are all Madrigals. Anyway, yeah. Yes, they said we're the ordinary people, so we got to take y'all last name. <laughs> Carolina Gatan as Peppa Madrigal. Mauro Castillo as Felix. We have Adisa as Dolores. Renzi Felice as Cameo. This film was directed by Jared Bush. Brian Howard, and co-directed by Sharice Castro-Smith. Also, original music from the one and only Lynn manuel Miranda. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave this animated film 91%. The audience score, 93%. Google users, 88%. What's your grade, Ashley? Um, I'm going to have to give Encanto an A. <laughs> I don't think that there's really any alternative for the level of enjoyment I got from this. I definitely forced, we have no kids in our immediate family. I definitely forced grown adults to sit and watch Encanto on Christmas because as you mentioned, or Christmas Eve rather, it was, it was a beautiful gift. And visually it was stunning color wise it was stunning, stunning. storyline it didn't disappoint for me um I really enjoyed it I mean and the level of detail now that Pixar Girl. is able to do with their animation like even down to like oh this isn't see, Pixar this isn't it's just regular Disney is Disney it's Disney's 60th animated 
them. Well, y'all must have learned some things between y'all because listen, the level <laughs> of detail from the hair movement to even the little baby hairs you can see on people's arms and the back of their necks. I'm like, yes. my God, y'all have really taken this thing to the next level. So I just loved it. Um, I have no bad words to say about Encanto. It was a delight. And it's one of those I think I'll be watching for years to come. What about you? Absolutely. Surprisingly, I did not love Encanto the first time I saw it. I The music weren't instant bops for me. <laughs> As you know, this is our third Lin-Manuel Miranda project. And with In the Heights as well as Vivo, those songs were instant bops for me. Whereas songs like Pressure and, and just all the songs... It just took a minute to marinate, but boy, oh boy, <laughs> once I watched it, so I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've watched it courtesy of my little one and then even myself. <laughs> there are moments in this movie where I get teary eyed every time just Aww. because of the deeper meaning or the deeper conversations that are being had. So this film gets an A for me for sure. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, spoiler alert. All right, Ashley, the film opens up with little Maribel at her gift ceremony. She's super excited. Her abuela is telling her about the magical candle and how it had been a part of their family for 50 years. And it was her time, you know, to see what gift that she was going to be bestowed to help her community. We make it to the door and then we get the title card and we are flash forward to a very much teenage Maribel. And we have this fun song called The Family Majigal that introduce her entire family to three little kids as well as the audience. Fun fact about this song, this was the first song Lynn wrote for this film. I thought that was interesting. Very intentional, setting the stage. He mentioned he wanted a song similar to uh, Belle's song in mm-hmm. the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I definitely got those vibes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Belle so, from Beauty and the Beast. During the song, we are introduced to all of her family members. And we have some insights on their gifts. And we find out very quickly that Maribel herself does not have one. Did you think that was interesting that she felt embarrassed to tell <laughs> these kids that she didn't have a gift? Um, no, because kids are shady. Like, I love kids because they're so blunt and they're so honest. But like one of the kids said, maybe your gift is being in denial. I literally Favorite wrote line. the shade. Like <laughs> It was hilarious, though. <laughs> it was so funny. And I mean, when you have a whole town set up based off of your family's magical abilities, um, yeah, that makes sense. So out of the family, did you have a favorite gift or, you know, one that you would want? Absolutely. I would want the ability to heal like flat out. Mm, Because, yeah, because not to say that some of the gifts of the family were frivolous, because I don't think any of them were frivolous, but I think that is such a rare and helpful gift to be able to preserve the health of the town in terms of the people. So yeah, it would be healing for me. What about for you? Oh, that's a great question. I think, I think maybe shape shifting just because if I want it, to fly I can turn into a bird or something like you know it's interesting you say that because you never saw him turn into animals did you You only saw him turn into other people people. yeah and it's probably that but if he can turn into animals then I might have to change my answer because I (laughs) I want to be a bird so bad like I want to be able to fly so bad I know that sounds weird but you guys know what I mean like if somebody were like if you could come back as an animal I absolutely want to be a bird so I can get the F up out of here. That's what I want to do. I'm only going to come back down when I want to deal with y'all. Okay. So who had the worst gift? 
definitely the aunt who had the ability to control the weather, but they never showed her like Storm and X-Men where you see her controlling any mm-hmm. of the weather of the town. You only ever see her walking around and it varying based on her mood. So it just always seemed kind of like, eh, no, no, <laughs> I wouldn't want a storm cloud hanging over me every time I get upset. So for me, it's probably Dolores's gift because it's like, I wouldn't want to hear everybody's business. Like, but you, you notoriously say you're nosy. So you don't think you want to hear? I'm actually not that nosy. I'm nosy <laughs> not with personal stuff. You know what I mean? For like what we talk about in our hot topics and quick headlines. I'm definitely nosy when it comes to that type of stuff. But no, I'm actually quite to myself. I'm always the last <laughs> on the freaking uh, phone call line. <laughs> I think Dolores's gift would bother me just because I think it would be so fascinating for me for a while. It might get old, but, but how would for you a little bit it would, it would be interesting. That, that's my issue. I mean, she seemed at peace. So I however she didn't figure it out, I guess we'd have to figure it out. Cause I don't know if there's a, a time and a place or she kind of tunes into it and you know does her thing, but also she's not in the world the way that we're in the world, right? She literally mm. is in this village. So I don't yeah. think she has the same level of chaos going on around her as we would if we had that gift living in these United States of America. Very true. There's no planes or trains and automobiles, right? <laughs> to add to the additional noise. <laughs> and just all the craziness that people probably just say, you know, like here versus probably in the village. Very true. In our time where the bulk of the film is, Maribel is now a teenager. When we first met her, she was around seven years old or so. And another Madrigal is he's going to have his gift ceremony, Antonio. Uh, he's at the, the cutest age. child. The cutest child. First of all, the I mean immensely adorable everything from his little curls to his voice I just could not actually some of my favorite lines he said so he he's feeling the anticipation of the day the family is all on edge his mom especially because obviously she's the his mother Maribel is trying her best to contribute because as we mentioned she does not have a gift of her own but she just seems to get in the way so to speak which plays into the bigger narrative of her character but one of the things that i really loved about her is how much heart <laughs> she has and she connects with her family in a way in some ways in my opinion deeper than everyone else because she doesn't have these you know extraordinary gifts so Antonio being extremely nervous about his ceremony because he's concerned, what if it doesn't work like, like it happened to Maribel? Exactly. She gives him a gift to calm his nerves. And he was like, I wish you had a door. And then when he told her, I need you, I was like, yo, yo, <laughs> go hold that baby's hand. The cutest. Uh, the cutest. Do you feel like Maribel was dealing with PTSD walking with Antonio to the door. I don't think it was necessarily PTSD, but we saw that she was definitely the flashes of thoughts about her ceremony and what happened. And I don't think she probably was as nervous as her family was about what was going to happen so much as like, you know, probably more mixed feelings because if it, if it does work for him, then what was wrong with me? Mm, so I feel like she probably had much more conflicted feelings than everybody else did in terms of what was going to happen but also think to your point about her being so sweet and being so like there for her family she was so selfless in that moment right Mm, because she was dealing with a lot and dealing with the emotions and she still put that aside in front of the whole town to go up here with her little cousin. It was so cute. It was so sweet. It was so endearing. Very endearing. But can you believe they kept her in the nursery? That with was the rude. youngest. That was oh, rude. If you if you need a sign that says, hey, you're not like one of us, that is definitely one way of doing it. I'm like, they could have did better you know, made her feel welcome. They still had ABCs and stuff on the walls. I was very disappointed in that. They treated Maribel like like she was uh, the help sometimes. And I didn't appreciate that. Not at all. 
Not at all. Their extraordinary gifts aren't just for themselves. It's instilled in them that their gifts are to be used with for the community as well as as well as the home. Like it's a bigger conversation when it comes to like, you know, our gifts aren't for us. We are meant to share our gifts. And this is a, a blatant way of, I feel like, illustrating that. I think that is definitely very generous. I think Abuela, after she got this gift, felt that it was necessary to kind of spread the wealth, I guess. But I also feel like it's been a big responsibility. You know, it's almost like watching a superhero movie or something like that, where you realize it can be both a blessing and a curse because Mm -hmm. then people are relying on you for these talents that you have. And there's always a cost that comes with that. Right. Spider-Man with great power comes Comes great responsibility. In a very much Doctor Who reference, the door works and it's so much bigger inside. Have you ever watched Doctor Who? I have not. I have not either, but I'm aware of (laughs) the pop culture reference of it all. And it kind of sucks, Ashley, because Abuela... One looks relieved, right? Mm-hmm. She's saying things like, I knew you could do it. A gift as perfect as you. This is a perfect night. Let's take a picture. And Maribel is in the back and she's just like, I'm not fine. Okay. And the part that really broke my heart is her family didn't even realize that she was missing from that picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was definitely like worst case scenario of how that could have all gone down. She was already feeling left out and then y'all forgot her in the picture. In this song, Waiting for a Miracle, what I loved and what I learned about the song, Lynn was very much a part of this project from the very, very beginning. And he said that this is a Colombian waltz and he wanted to highlight that she was out of step with her family I have to say when it comes to the song and singing the female hero always gets a big ballad how does this one stack up to iconic ones like part of your world or even almost there from princess and the frog Yeah, that's hard. It's not fair, probably, because like part of your world and um, those classics from Disney films that we watched when we were children just have a special place in my heart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's the nostalgia. There's just the the incredible love and the memories that those songs evoke for me. Whereas I guess I could compare it more to like a Let It Go, which Let It Go Mm. was a smash hit. And I think that this... (laughs) You know, there are certain songs in here that I totally get, but um, I can't say that to your point earlier, the music always grabbed me and moved me. I think it was more so just, I felt like a storytelling device than it was like, oh, I'm going to listen to this song and remember it for years and years to come. So it's probably a little bit unfair. You know, we'll have to ask Amara this when she's 20 years old, because (laughs) these are going to be the songs of her childhood that capture her heart. Well, what I will say is what stuck out to me immediately was vocally, right? Stephanie has a very unique voice and it's different from some of the old school Disney heroes. They were people from Broadway, very, you know, vocalists, so to speak, you know, and Maribel's song wasn't as polished as the other one so that stood out to me initially when I heard the song but then when you hear the song it's beautifully written in terms of the lyrics and it breaks my heart every time (laughs) but I appreciated the honesty um, in this moment when it comes to where she was and how she really really tried really hard because she felt insignificant she felt less than like and was 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 made to feel that way. That's the saddest exactly. thing. It's not exactly. just in your head, sis. <laughs> uh, and she was like, my, my favorite lyric from this song is just like, I'm ready. 
yes, I'm ready. I've been patient and steadfast and steady. And like that breaks my heart every time I hear it because it's like, did she really think that she was going to be able to get a gift even after that time has passed? Like, do you think that was something she really thought? Yes. You think so? I do. Cause I, it was such a freak incident and it had never happened before. But you know, the thing that gets me with this too, and I just have to bring it up now is at the end of the day, Abuela did not actually have a gift. She did not actually have magical abilities. Yes. The gift came from the scenario that she was originally in. But she was the harbinger of the candle, though, which okay. came with great responsibility. Okay, no? okay, but ma'am, beyond that, you do not have a <laughs> gift. So I always thought it was kind of like pot calling a kettle black when you're trying to talk about Maddie Bell not having a gift. What else are you doing besides walking around, keeping everybody else in line? You do not have the ability to control the weather. You do not have the ability to shapeshift. You can't make flowers. You can't hear from far reaches. You can't move heavy things. So we the same, grandma. We the same. I'm just saying. That bothered me. That bothered me. That dynamic bothered me. Mm. No, well, well said. I think our first threat comes apparent. And Maribel sees the house falling apart, the casita. She runs and tells her family. And they look for it because she said it was over there and they saw nothing. So ultimately it was a vision. Do you think this was a bad look for Maribel? Did this make her come off as a hater? I think it did for some reason to them, but I was surprised because this is a magical house. We already had magic that just appeared out of nowhere. So why would you not believe Mary Bell if she's telling you that she possibly had a vision of the house cracking and falling apart? It's not a far reach. It's not a far stretch, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Marty Bell does not strike me as somebody who has told tales in the past. Exactly. I agree. They were just hating on my girl left and right. Let me say that. Okay. <laughs> but can we talk about the rhythm they had in this animation? Like that... The, that two stuff that they were doing um, in Antonio's room <laughs> during the celebration. I was like, they are getting it. <laughs> yes. Have you ever had, it's called arepa con queso. The dish that Julieta gave Maribel to heal her hand. Have you ever had anything like that? I'm not, but I'm usually a big fan of different Spanish dishes. So I'm pretty sure I'd enjoy it. I'm down to try it. Yes. Maribel could not sleep and she ended up going to the candle and lo and behold, Abuela knew something was up. After she played Maribel in front of everybody telling her everything was all right. She knew that the magic was shaky. It wasn't solid for one reason or another. And Maribel became determined to save the magic, the miracle. Can I say something real quick? Of course. If I were a boiler, the question would be, why is Marty Bell having visions? Why is she suddenly having mm. a vision out of nowhere? Mm. Is that her gift that we've never, we just didn't, we never explored? Like that's not normal. Very true. In her search of saving the miracle, she talks to Dolores who hears everything. Dolores tells her that her sister Louisa has been freaking out lately. She can hear her twitching asleep. Maribel meets up with Louisa and Louisa in so many ways tells her about the pressure that she's under with the song called Pressure. One of the things I loved about this song, because you and I know what it's like to have a lot of pressure on our shoulders, right? My favorite part is the bridge of the song when it says, but wait, if we we essentially let go of this pressure would that leave room for joy (laughs) and relaxation like I'm like if that ain't a word I don't know what is (laughs) (laughs) this song could have gone into vivo for me it was such a a similar like cadence and mood to me Mm -hmm. for um some of the music of vivo but this was probably besides we don't talk about Bruno this is probably my favorite song is it Mm -hmm. it was Bob it, it was a bop. There was resistance in the animator's room about Louisa's appearance. So we all know that her gift is strength. 
and she literally can pick up an entire church (laughs) and rearrange it. They didn't want her to look muscular and they had to fight for her end result look. Hmm. Are are you surprised that we still have to deal with different body images of women, even in animation? Is it surprising? Yes. But unfortunately, as we've seen, people get upset when certain animated characters are no longer sexualized Mm. Um, from Lola Bunny to, you know, a few examples over the last couple of years and that's that's strange to me so Mm. you know it's just an unfortunate thing that no matter what whether it's animated or not the female form is scrutinized and um it's interesting that they had to fight who are they they were fighting against whom the disney executives not wanting her to be that way that's a great question it was just a highly contentious conversation within the animators and i believe like the directors um to get the final look for louisa in this particular conversation so Mm. louisa gives maribel the tip of looking into bruno's tower because he apparently had a vision before he disappeared She goes into his tower. It's giving real Indiana Jones feels for me. (laughs) And she finds it reminded me of of, um, the Cave of Wonders in Aladdin. Oh, yes. I can see that. I can see that. Also was surprised that the Casita couldn't help Maribel once she got to Bruno's tower. It was like, you're on your own, sis. (laughs) <laughs> and that was treacherous. One thing you have to give for Mari Bell, she's very brave. Very, very. And if she didn't have love from her family, she had a really close connection with the house. Did you notice that? Absolutely. Again, I think it speaks back to your point about she's able to form deeper connections with things because she has not had these gifts to distract her or that she has the responsibility to carry for the betterment of the family and of the town. Yes. Yes. Excellent point. She finds the vision already. It's broken up and she's in the center of it and a broken casita. That would have scared the shit out of me. yes but the part that i didn't appreciate is the fact that it's either whole or broken i'm like pick one this this in the middle of the road situation is a no-go for me (laughs) maribel makes it back to her room and guess what ashley we're going to talk about bruno (laughs) i love this song obviously because it's a bop I lost my mind on Dolores' part. I was not ready. A couple of fun facts about this song. The lady who voiced Dolores is known as the reggaeton princess. So she was ready for this. Okay? <laughs> but looking at Billboard here, we don't talk about Bruno has ruled the Billboard Hot 100 song chart for the fifth week. It has surpassed the two previous Disney number one, A Whole New World and Let It Go combined. Ashley, I love this song so much because the visions that they said that he had weren't even that bad. <laughs> he said my fish will die. Next day, it, it you know, it's dead. Like, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. That's how that cookie crumbles. It's just so catchy. I think that's the thing. It's just one of those songs that once you hear it, it just kind of gets stuck in your head. The no, 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 no. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, it's just such a good song. But um, to your point, my thought, especially just about the whole Bruno situation is like, y'all ain't shit, man. Like, how y'all gonna say we don't talk about a family member as if he is this dark force like we're talking about he turned into Darth Vader in Star Wars or something like the man had visions of the future. That was his yeah. gift. He told you guys what they were and then suddenly he disappears and we just don't talk about him anymore. Like, are y'all not concerned about what happened to your family member? He's <laughs> a freaking triplet. Like, <laughs> that is your only brother. It was just so concerning to me. Like, really? We just, we don't talk about Bruno. Okay. All right. That's messed up. <laughs> That's what I was and, thinking. Yeah. My grown, my grown age. That's what I was thinking. 
And Lynn mentioned that he's like, the song is about a family member that you don't talk about, but of course, everybody talks about them all the time. Have you ever experienced that in your family? I can't say that there is anybody that we don't necessarily talk about or is, that has been that type of person. But we have had a family member, unfortunately, who's like disappeared. And we, to this, I don't, to this day, know where she is. So that's kind of strange in the same way, but it's not like a, oh, we don't talk about her situation. So no, can't say I've experienced that. What about you? Uh, yeah, yeah. But that family member was pretty, pretty toxic with legit track record. Mm. (laughs) So Maribel finds out very quickly that Bruno is somebody she doesn't need to really hang out with. She has the last vision and she tells her father and her father tells her not to tell anybody. But of course, Dolores. (laughs) I don't think there's anywhere you can hide from Dolores. Is there? That's a very, very valid point. Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. Ugh, you know, one thing I just thought of Dolores, we have to know listen to people have sex. God bless you, sis. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I feel like, I feel like she has her, her mechanisms. You know what I mean? She has to. Again, she seems like she's at peace. She does, surprisingly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the other big thing that's going on with this family is Isabel is supposed to get married to a local gentleman And he's supposed to propose that night. And of course, with hot gossip that juicy, Dolores couldn't help herself. And it just fell apart. In addition to the house visibly cracking, like everybody saw it finally. Um, Louisa is having a breakdown because I forgot to mention this earlier. She's freaking out because she did feel weak. So something is going on with the miracle at the casita. As I mentioned, the engagement was a disaster. They did not get engaged. And Maribel noticed that the rats took the vision from behind the wall. She meets the notorious Tio Bruno. Uncle Bruno, for those who don't know Spanish, which I technically don't, but I do know the basics. (laughs) (laughs) We found out that Bruno is not the scary monster that lives under the bed. He just lives behind the walls. (laughs) Not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. I think it's worth mentioning. I saw this in one of my YouTube videos when preparing for the recap. Maribel and Camillo are around the same age. So Camillo had a very... A large part and we don't talk about bruno talking about he's seven foot frame rats along his back he didn't know nothing he only was going off a of hearsay because bruno left right after maribel's uh gift ceremony and obviously mm-hmm. it went bad so it's amazing how family gossip also needs to be researched because none of that stuff is true And it's also like playing telephone. Once somebody tells somebody something, then it morphs into something else. This Bruno scene was pretty hard and difficult because he obviously still loved his family. He didn't go far. He just didn't want to, quote unquote, be a bother to them. Justice for Bruno. (laughs) Were you surprised that he was so superstitious? Um, I didn't know if the superstition was always there or if he went a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs living behind the walls all these years. I literally put in my notes, how would Bruno not have gone crazy? Because, I mean, he's not interacting with anybody but rats. Right. For at least 10 years. At least. Yeah. I don't think I could have made it. I mean, that's a hell of a solitary confinement sentencing. But it was it was heartbreaking when you see the table with his little name written there on the plate. Like it it made me feel some type of way because I was just like, again, the family summer, we don't talk about Bruno. And he's sitting there looking at y'all eat dinner every night, eating y'all meals through the crack of the wall, just hoping and wishing to belong. That's heartbreaking. Girl, tragic. Maribel convinced Bruno to have another vision because she is on the mission to save the miracle. He has the exact same vision, except there's a butterfly 
and she has to embrace her sister. So up until this point, Maribel kind of looks at her oldest sister, Isabella, with disdain because she's the quote unquote perfect one. Did you ever feel some kind of way about Abuela favoring Isabella out of like all the cousins? I didn't even, I don't even think that that was necessarily the vibe that I got that she favored her most. I think that it was just like, it was her time to have the spotlight because she was the next one who was going to carry the lineage of the family by getting married Mm -hmm. and having children. Mm -hmm. Um, So I saw it more in that way. And I think that spoke to a boyless character throughout, right? She wanted to do whatever was supposed to be for the better good of preserving the family, of preserving the gift and preserving the town. So it made sense. But I mean, me and Abuela was not cool in this movie. So, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Girl, girl. Maribel is willing to do anything to save this miracle, including hugging her sister, which their relationship was very cold, very cold. She finds out that being perfect isn't what it's all cracked up to be because there's still that pressure that Louisa talked about very much on Isabel's shoulders. She finds out that she didn't want to be engaged to this young man, but she was doing it for the family. She's about to be in an arranged marriage. Essentially. We have another song to help explain this transition because she created something that she hadn't before. She was known for creating these beautiful pink and purple flowers but she created a cactus for the first time and she was so fascinated because it is just different or beautiful in an unconventional way. I thought it was interesting the choice of like these beautiful gorgeous flowers and peonies and then now you're going with cactus which are <laughs> spiky and they could potentially hurt you but they still in their own way are very much beautiful. I mean, I think I love that Isabella speaking her truth allowed her to access a part of herself that she had not yet realized, even having this, mm. this gift for all these years. Yes. Um, and I think it also added a layer or significance to their relationship because to your point, they had a very cold relationship before. And we've talked about how Mary Bell, you know, kind of has a deeper relationship with the house, deeper relationship with certain family members. So with this particular sister, you know, she really rubbed up against her And I think she needed this moment to better understand Isabella, just like Isabella needed to better understand Mary Bell. Like, I think Mary Bell, just like everybody else, only looked at some of her family members for their gifts and thought that, oh, that must be enough for you because you're gifted versus no, I'm I'm in a prison, (laughs) kind (laughs) of, because I have this gift because now I have these expectations on me. So I felt like the cactus was a symbol of like a breakthrough, both for to wrap up what I'm saying, both for Isabella personally, but also within the dynamics of their relationship. Well said. Abuela was not having this new Isabella because she looked like she looked at her like you look like a mess. This is not my Isabella. Abuela went on to say that Mar- it was Maribel's fault for everything: the broken engagements, the crack in the house, the ugly dress Isabel was wearing. <laughs> Whereas all Maribel was trying to do was save the miracle. And when she said, you know what? I will never be good enough for you. I felt that. I was like, and she was like, none of us will ever be good enough for you. And you're the reason why this house is falling apart. This was Mm. a moment. Absolutely. Because Abuela really, really, really tested my patience with her treatment of Maribel. This is your grandmother talking to you this way. You already feel like she does not value you because you're not gifted like the rest of your family. And then for her to blame you while you're out here busting your ass to try to save everybody, save the house. I mean, she's better. She's better than me in that moment. I, 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 was, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I try to always be respectful to my elders but she she tested me a little bit with that with that scenario. But I have to say it it also is pretty unrealistic, especially for my understanding of black ho- households as well as the our Latin counterparts. Are we really standing up to our grandmas like that? 
again, I always try to be very respectful of my elders. So I've never spoken to anyone that is, you know, whether that's aunts, uncles, grandmas, anybody in this tone. But as we can see, it was a breaking point for Maddie Bell and for the house, right? Like, absolutely. It's a breaking point. I've gone through so much. And so I think it was extenuating circumstances. But again, she's better than me because I still think she handled it better than a lot of people would. I'm not saying you're going to cuss your grandmother out, but I'm saying you might have been like, man, fuck all of y'all. Fuck this family. You know what I mean? Like you might you might have hopped on your uh, might have hopped on your um, Vanessa Williams from Soul Food. Fuck the family. The family, the family. Fuck my husband. (laughs) just may had a little moment like okay is that how you feel okay I'm gonna let all I'm gonna let all of this come crashing down but obviously it was about more than abuela and Maribel understood that and what she said was made made a valid point because also when her and her sister did hug you saw the house mend so obviously the family coming together and loving on one another was the secret sauce that the house needed yes a house divided will fall isn't that what they say that's what they say. And even after all of that, Maribel put herself in harm's way to save the candle as the house was crumbling down. But the house falls and the candle burns out. And Maribel is shocked and devastated. It's worth noting the mountains that grew around the Encanto are now split. She makes her way to the river where abuela and their grandfather and her mother and her siblings first crossed before the encanto and abuela finds her there and tells her the story of her youth (laughs) she talked about how she thought she was going to have a different life the song dos orguitas or two butterflies is sung it's worth noting that in this song no one's singing it it's being essentially a narration of the flashback of abuela and their grandfather pedro and this is just so heartbreaking so what this flashback shows is the their love story and their growing family but due to the violence of their town they they had to leave they still weren't out of harm's way and their grandfather sacrificed himself to save the family and abuela's pain is what created their miracle and so i'm saying all this to say the real villain of this entire movie is generational trauma ashley (laughs) 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 because she was so determined never to lose or lose her home or be displaced again that she put immense pressure on her family thinking that that was her way of protecting them but over time it became suffocating unbearable why now though do you think that's a great question maybe because her ways probably got worse we find out in the conversation between maribel and abuela that abuela asked for a miracle and she realized that by maribel not having the quote-unquote extraordinary gift she was in fact even more important or more valuable in the sense of the real gift is that we are enough (laughs) you know what i mean as we are and i forgot to mention with the casita completely destroyed everybody was normal no one had their extraordinary gifts because the candle had burned out but girl, that scene when Maribel was like, you made us a family, you kept us safe, you protected us, and they had all those butterflies flying, a mess. <laughs> a mess. <laughs> oh, but they go back. Bruno comes back into the picture. He is welcomed, and he, he got a chance to explain himself to the family, and they rebuild. And one of the things that I love the most is the town that they have given so much of their talents to stepped up to the freaking plate and supported them as they rebuild their casita. What were your thoughts at this moment? I needed more justice for Bruno. (laughs) (laughs) 
I need y'all to throw a party in this man's honor. I need something because while I feel like it was beautiful, the way that we get the apology from Waylon, we get the love shown on Mary Bell as our main character for all that she's done and for progressing the idea that you are enough as you are you know Bruno going through 10 years of solitude and all of that I'd never felt like was fully resolved like he comes back mm. Abuela hugs him his sisters hug him beautiful yeah 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 but y'all brother was living behind the wall at his house for a very long time that's real and we need to have a conversation okay we need to talk this through so that's something big that I was thinking but otherwise I mean I thought it was so lovely the sense of community I think there was always a great sense of community Mm -hmm. I just don't think that the townspeople had ever been given opportunity Mm -hmm. to be of service because that wasn't the dynamic right Mm -hmm. so it was just a beautiful community moment within you know the the entire village that they lived in and you know very Disney happy ending esque. Mm-hmm. But can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. Disney be setting me up in these movies because the same way, so. the same way that I felt like when I watched when I watched Black Panther and I wished the world of Wakanda was real. I know. When I watched this, I was like, this is so vibrant and beautiful yes. and peaceful. Like, where yes. is this town? existing and where where are these miracles or where are, where is this technology like in black panther when the ancestors needed it like i wish that somebody could have just had a candle pop up with some magic back in the day i know i know y'all be setting me up disney but i know it's it's fantasy <laughs> well i will say the the violence and displacement of abuela in Colombia during that time was a real thing i'm looking at the new york times uh, the title of this article is called i watched Encanto with my dad it brought him back home and mm. basically she talked about how her dad migrated to the united states when he was 25 but he was born a year after the five decade long armed conflict began in Colombia and grew up during the warfare between, um, I guess there's the left guerrilla groups and right wing parliamentaries and government forces. And so the author of this article talked about how it's an aspect of his childhood that he never talked about, but due to the peace agreement that happened in 2016, after watching Encanto he was more open to tell her stories about what went on during that time. So basically they are tapping into some of the history of Colombia and, and some of the real, real struggles that the everyday people experienced. And so that's the one thing about Disney that I love is their level of detail is impeccable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but on each uh, Madrigal, their outfits have symbols of their their gifts so louisa has little dumbbells on her skirt um dolores has like you know the sound waves on her dress and uh isabella has the flowers tia peppa has suns and clouds on hers but the thing that i love the most is that maribel has all of them on her clothes including the butterfly which is obviously representing the love between Abuela and their grandfather. So the movie ends. The last song is All of You. I'm bawling again because (laughs) they give her the freaking knob and they say, what do you see? And she's like, all of me. And I'm just like, yes, Maribel, you have always been enough. You have always been enough. And Lo and behold, this is a lesson apparently the whole family needed to learn because when she put that doorknob on that casita, the magic is back. Hopefully she gets her own room this time. (laughs) uh, That part, that part. And they all lived happily ever after. All right, Ashley, do you have any final thoughts for Encanto? Like, did you have a favorite song? And how does Maribel rank for Disney? female leads for you 
the first thing I want to say is I'm glad that in the final song, we made it clear that Dolores had been lying to her family all these years and knew Bruno was behind the wall. Because I was like, <laughs> how did Dolores not know, right? How she, yep. she had to know. So yep. I appreciated that she at the end is like, I knew and I kept it a secret. Um, I would have loved to delve more into that. But um, in terms of just uh, final thoughts, um, how does Maddie Bell stack, stack up to other Disney princesses? I mean, she's her own person. So I did. I wasn't even thinking about it from that perspective. One thing that I think is beautiful now was her sense of agency. Her kind heartedness does not have to be a her kind heartedness can go hand in hand with her bravery and with her, you know, fearlessness. It's not like, Oh, you only have one or the other, or you're a damsel in distress or any of those things as some of our previous Disney princesses mm -hmm. have been historically. And it mm -hmm. wasn't about a man, just like it wasn't about a man in, in frozen, frozen. you know, it's yeah. about the love of family and all those things that I think are so positive and reinforcing for yes. children that Absolutely. are watching these sorts of projects. So, you know, I loved her for that. Other final thoughts, my favorite song. I mean, we don't talk about Bruno. I think it's definitely everybody's favorite song. But again, Louisa's song, I really enjoy just for the mm -hmm. flavor of it, for the scenery of it, for the kind of change up. And because again, it reminded me of Vivo a little bit with the one song where it's like you're we're moving to different scenes as we're watching it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just loved it for like the visual. To the beat of my own drum. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it just reminded me of that a little bit. But that was probably, you know, my second favorite song. But again, the music for me as opposed to just being this big standout thing really was just about advancing and adding to the storyline so I appreciated it and again I think this is going to be one that'll live in my arsenal of Disney films just like all the classics we grew up with um I don't think there's I mean I love like Toy Story I think Toy Story series is probably my favorite besides maybe like the first Incredibles and like Monsters Inc mm -hmm. but I have not, I don't have a lot of Disney movies as an adult that I'm like, I'm going to watch this over and over and over again. I think Encanto is going to be one of those for me that I watch quite a bit. Mm. Very nice. You know, I love this movie and it's a love that I actually had to gr grow into because it wasn't instant for me. And I think that's what makes this film endearing. Uh, Mary Bell is the first Disney female hero with glasses, which is very cool. The voice over work was reported was recorded primarily remotely during the pandemic. So that was a fun fact. But this is Disney's 60th animated film. And I love how Disney decided to explore the world and and gift us with, to your point, the beauty, the vibrancy, the music of Columbia um, in this film. It, it was definitely a joy and a treat. And again, I feel like this movie hits home for adults because family dynamics is something. It is something. It is a universally <laughs> relatable story. Yes. And let me say, as much as we love Soul, this is taking it back to a film that I feel like is more for children. Like Soul was an adult animated oh. film. One thousand percent. Yeah, 1, not to say like I almost forgot. I loved Soul, loved, loved, loved. But this is taking it back to the more, more of what Disney is known for. Check out that recap. Check it out. And I hope you all enjoyed Encanto as much as we did. We would love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to contact us in social media because, again, this movie has touched so many adult friends' lives. I mean, again, friends who don't have kids or anything like that. <laughs> so let's get this Oscar. It's, it's done. It's done. <laughs> oh, one more thing for everybody wondering why. We don't talk about Bruno is not nominated. The dos or or casitas, I'm saying that wrong, but the two butterflies, that's what it translates into English, is the one that Lynn is shooting for. You can only pick one song. And I don't know. I, I don't know if he I don't know if it's gonna win. It's a beautiful song, but we'll keep an eye out on that during Oscar. 
I'm rooting for Beyonce. Well. But <laughs> if there's nothing else, time for hidden gems. All right, Ashley. All right. And thank you for all of the great gems you sprinkled throughout the recap. That was awesome. Oh, um, you're welcome. For my two hidden gems for this week, my first one is a limited series on HBO Max called The Girl Before. It is only four episodes and is starring Gugu and Batha Raw, David Oyelowo and Jessica Plummer, based on a 2016 novel about a woman who moves into a minimalist home with very strict rules by the architect and a past to uncover. This snuck up on me. It was just a suggestion on HBO Max one Friday night. I binged it hard. And um, it was interesting. I enjoyed it. Um, when we talked to Hannah, we talked about production design and the house of this film is an additional character, essentially. And it was just so, so engaging to see this world that they created in this home. So guys, check it out. The Girl Before HBO Max. My second hidden gem Another one that snuck up on me, Ali Wong, Dong Wong on Netflix. This is her latest, Ali Wong's latest stand-up special. I think this is the first one of hers that I watched like all the way through. And she had me blushing, like, <laughs> and also cracking up. Um, nothing was off limits, it seemed like for her, including her bowels. So um, you know, I would I would not watch this with the kids, but I will say that it was definitely a great, great comedy special that I really, really enjoyed. And always be my maybe. Me and Delora both really like that movie, so we might you know, have to do I'm a fan. Back. It's, yeah, it's so much fun. I'm a fan of Ali, so I really, really enjoyed it, and I encourage you guys to check it out. Ali Wong, Dong Wong on Netflix. Delora, what you got for hidden gems? I have three this week. All right. Uh, I've done Jamel Hill is bother podcast before, but this interview that she did with Tabitha Brown, episode 179, just being Tab was really, really good. It just dropped. Tab talks about her journey, how she always wanted to be in the entertainment industry. However, she didn't pop until social media and her vegan lifestyle and one of the gems that really, you know, hit my heart was she said, people always say you are what you eat. So she's like, so I choose to eat living, vibrant things. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, yo. <laughs> So, you know, obviously she doesn't eat any meat or anything like that, but to, to not even think about not eating meat, just thinking about what's alive, what's vibrant, what's bright. You're talking fruits and vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. So great, great story. And she's so humble. Like, I just love, I love Tepper the Brown. Second hidden gem. It's a song. And I like every black mama in America wake my child up, listen to gospel music every morning before school. And because <laughs> we got to start the day praising the Lord. Okay. And on my, my Apple gospel flow playlist, a new song dropped and it is called no greater love. It's by Ruby Currents and Chrisette Michelle. So I was like, okay, uh, Chrisette, I see you trying to make a comeback. You know, I've never heard her sing uh, Christian or gospel music before, but she is vocally killing it. And I know she's been quote unquote canceled, but all her male counterparts are doing just fine. And so I need for her to come back strong because she's immensely talented my last hidden gem is a TV show. It's on ABC network television. It's called Promised Land. It's about a, two Latinx families vying for wealth and power in California's Sonoma Valley. It's giving me succession vibes, um, but over wine. So that's a little bit more sexy, right? I love that 
we're seeing a successful Latinx family own a winery, <laughs> it actually um, gives me This Is Us vibes as well because it gives you present day, but then you also see the younger versions of the parents um, and how, you know, how they were when they got to the vineyard and everything like that. And so a lot of vying for the top seat, a lot of wondering how did the father get you know, this much power and money because we see that he was an immigrant himself. So Rotten Tomatoes, um, the critics gave this 100%. So that's pretty high. Uh, audience score is around 77%, but it premiered January 24th. And I catch it on Hulu whenever I have time, frankly. <laughs> I appreciate you saying this because I had considered watching Promising and just never pulled the trigger. Like I've talked about it at work so many times and nobody around me was watching it. So I was like, uh, maybe it'll be one that doesn't catch my radar, but I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm rooting for it. I hope it doesn't end up like, you know, the Baker and the, the beauty. That was my show, man. Didn't make it though. All right. But that that's a comedy. This is very much a drama. <laughs> so that's gotcha. all I got, Ashley. Well, thank you so much, guys. Hope you enjoyed our latest recap of Encanto. We will be back with headlines and hot topics. And we will see you then. Be blessed. Bye.